0: This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for November 23rd, 2014. The Gospel is taken from the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. The message is by Father Ron Baird. Today is the Feast of Christ the King. It's the last Sunday of the church here. Do you all know that? Next year's the first Sunday of church Most people don't live by the liturgical calendar. They usually live by the uh, secular calendar. But for those of us who live through the rhythm of the liturgical calendar, um, those things mean something because Advent is a time of preparation and, and Christmas is a great celebration through Epiphany and then we have common time until Lent comes along and again we prepare for the coming of Easter. And so we kind of have a rhythm of life that goes through that. But the Feast of Christ the King is an interesting feast because did you know that it was, it's the newest feast in the Christian calendar? Y'all know that? It was actually not, it didn't exist until 1920. That's how new it is. Um, but it's called on everywhere. Um, it, um, the person who came up with it was Pope Pius XI. And he came up with it in 1920 because he was very concerned about the rise of secularism and nationalism, particularly in Europe. If you remember what was going on in Europe in the 1920s, it was the rise of Mussolini and Hitler and Franco and all that sort of thing. And and he said people seem to be forgetting where their primary allegiance should be, which is with Christ. Um, They seem more concerned about their primary allegiance being to their countries. Um, And so... He was um, very concerned, and so he did this feast for Catholics originally and that kind of ended up going throughout everything. But it's, it's a fairly new feast. But it is a, a good reminder to us about that Christ is the king. Now, in the Middle Ages, if a king told a soldier to go do something, what did the soldier say? I mean, did they say, well, that's not a good idea, I don't want to do that? Yeah, but they didn't say it then, because they? <laughs> they'd be in big trouble. I mean, when the king ordered something, he, his word was law. And so if he said it, that was what, what, what happened. And that's really what it means to, to say that Christ is king. A lot of us, you know, we ca- claim Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. And we like the Savior part, but we don't think very much what it means for Jesus Christ to be Lord. Because Lord is the same thing as king. That means that he is in charge. So I was you're seeing those bumper stickers that says God is my co-pilot? I always thought, well, clearly they haven't gotten the message. I don't think God wants to be your co-pilot. <laughs> yeah, God wants to be the pilot. Uh, so you need to move over and let him drive. And And so this feast, as we come up to the end of the year, as we begin to... Uh, move into Advent, where we prepare for the coming of the King, who's born as the Christ child, um, it, it all comes to this accumulation. And one of the themes that we're going to be saying is about the end of time. So the coming of the King, both the first coming and the second coming, are big themes throughout Advent. And and the Feast of Christ the King really kicks that off. And Jesus is talking about that in today's parable. I don't know if you're aware or not, but at the end of time, all of us will, befe- will appear before the judgment throne of God. Everyone. And everything that we have ever done will be known by everyone. Yes, your mother's going to know those things uh, that you hoped she would never find out. Now, the only good news is that you'll also know those things that your mother hoped you would never find out. Uh, And so, as we're standing there in the final judgment, because there's there's a, a first judgment when we first die, but then there's a final judgment at the end of time. Um, and so, when we're all there, I kind of have this image of giant jumbotrons like they have at the football games, and and everybody's life is on these things, and all the deeds that we've done, and we will be asked, how do you plead? And that's going to be an interesting thing, isn't it? Because for a lot of us, you know, we would uh, say, well... In my defense, I would like to say (laughs) that I didn't really have a lot of choice in that, you know, because this situation was bad, and so I just did the best I could, you know, or it was so and so's fault that I did that. And and if that doesn't work, if we can't get out of it that way, we can always rely on, well, what about Hitler over there? What he did was much worse than what I did. (laughs) You know, we don't want to talk about that. But the answer is actually, I'm guilty, Your Honor. And I plead the blood of the Lamb. That's the only you know, hope that we have. I throw myself on the mercy of the court on behalf, because of the blood of the Lamb. And that is what covers us, is that he has paid the price already. And it's not just the words though, it's also about what's in your heart. because it, it, you know, That's what Paul says, he says anyone who confesses with their lips and believes in their hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord will be saved. so you have to really mean those things. So what does it mean to think that Jesus Christ is Lord to believe it? Well, it means that you turn over your life to Him. You give it to Him. And you say, you're in charge, Lord. You tell me what to do and I'll go do that. You put Him first above everything. Now you say, above everything? Yeah, above everything. You put Jesus ahead of your country. You put Jesus ahead of your job. You put Jesus ahead of your financial well-being. You put Jesus ahead of your family. Everything. Because in truth, without Jesus, all of those things will be whopper-jawed anyway. They won't work right. Because the God who created us, who made us, is the one who can make things work right. Now sometimes...